so for someone who's never played well not never i played it a long time ago okay i played D D a long time ago and i remember very very little of it <laughs> it probably so. was even a, it was probably a different version than the one now too apparently because one of my one of my co-workers has played D D a lot and he's very well versed in it so apparently he says there are different versions where you can be different characters like you can be mm-hmm. there's a marvel there's a dc there's a i mean i don't know that they're D&D disney exactly but there's a whole bunch of tabletop rpgs out there that kind of fall under the same sort of style as D. okay so I've I've wanted to try and and go with a couple of my friends and see and see if they be included in the game and see if I could play as see how much I remember if if anything yeah. and see if anyone who listens can either help or knows no, who hasn't played in a long time or had never played at all mm-hmm. learn some things so. Yeah. What would you, if you had to talk someone who's either never played or hasn't played since the Romans roamed the earth, <laughs> um, like the beginning, like the beginning of the, like the intro said at the beginning to quote POD, here comes the boom. So, <laughs> um, wh- how would you coax someone through D and D? And please, when you when when you listen back to this, if you listen in, Matt and Kimbrough. Please feel free to jump in and let us know yeah. what any more things that we may have missed or that I may have missed. Mm-hmm. How would you? So, how would you coax someone through the game or be, the beginning of the game, explaining it to a newbie who's never played or someone who hasn't played in centuries? Yeah. So, um, I'm just gonna assume 5e because that's the version of D&D that I'm familiar with. And I don't fully know the differences between the different um, editions of D&D. Um, there are some differences in how the classes and the races uh, work. Um, but 5e is pretty much the only one that I'm really familiar with. What's 5e? Like, is it 5e like a- is the fifth edition. Okay, I was going to say, is it like, like cell phones were, where they say 4g? <laughs> No, so there's... Because G is generation, so fourth generation. Yeah. No, E stands for edition, um, and there's... The current one is the fifth edition. Um, And the second most popular one is actually 3.5 E. Apparently, a lot of people don't care for four. Okay. And also, side note, it was actually made by the... It was actually made right here in Renton. Yeah, uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, I didn't. I, I did. I for the longest time I didn't know that they. I knew that they did magic, but I didn't know that they also mm-hmm. did D and D. Yeah. So, and okay. There's there's a crossover between magic and D and D. Oh, I noticed a lot of the cards because that I'm more familiar with magic because I played that more recently. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I noticed now that now that you mention it, now that I think about it, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. In the cards and the characters, there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Could it be? Could it be that once you know one, you have an end to the other? I'm not sure because I barely know anything about magic. 
is it well, to, to borrow a line from Sheldon Cooper believe in magic you muggle um, <laughs> anyway uh, so how so going with 5e if you can how would yeah. like I said how would you describe it to a newbie so you have the DM or GM I they're DM and GM are pretty much used interchangeably. DM is Dungeon Master, GM is Game Master. Um, they're the ones that run the the game. Um, basically, so if you're a player playing, you have your character, and the way, er, and when you build your character, you get um, stats on your character sheet. And that's kind of hard to explain without actually like walking you through building a character um but basically everything you need to know is going to be on your character sheet and the dm is going to um lay out what's going on lay out the scene the or like the setting and um the dm's the one that will uh basically run any encounter that happens they're the ones that will tell you to make um ability checks when they want you to roll for something so D can basically be split into two different um two different aspects you have the combat and then you have the role play so um, combat, self-explanatory, it's the fights that happen. Uh, role play is basically everything that happens between the fights. So any problem solving, any puzzle solving, any talking to NPCs or trying to avoid fights or things of that nature. NPC, NPCs and two questions. One, NPC, mm-hmm. question mark. And also... <laughs> um, determine you said determine the story or just determine how being a writer i know the term Mm -hmm. is the exposition of a story Mm -hmm. but how determine the story and the exposition of a story how does the in this case the dm determine the exposition of the story did they just do say hey this is what i want the characters to do this is what i want them to face and this is how they're going to get to that point, mm-hmm. like the ex- exposition of a story. Mm-hmm. Or is there something that Wizards of the Coast built into the game that guides them by how a story should evolve? It can be either way. So there are official campaign books of um, of uh, story er, storylines and encounters and settings for a DM to um, use. And I actually have one of these campaign books, uh, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. So in that book, it gives you the setting of um, Ice Spire Peak and the town surrounding it. And it, in the book, it tells you like, okay, at this location, there's this stuff happening. At this location, there's this stuff happening. The players can do this, this, that. It just lays out uh, basically a foundation for the setting of the story and then it's up to the DM to um, respond to what the players want to do and of course different DMs have different um, amounts of uh, how, how do I put this 
some DMs have a very specific, this is what I want to happen. This is what the characters need to do to do that. Whereas other DMs are just like, roll with whatever craziness the players come up with. So, so the, so the, so D and D isn't, or sorry, the DM isn't just like, isn't exactly in the position of a writer when you're writing a story. Like mm-hmm. for me, this is what I love. One of the things I love about writing yeah. is that when you're when you write, you're God. You yeah. are the end all and be all of everything. Mm-hmm. The characters don't do anything and they don't act, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. Yeah. So it sounds like with the dungeon masters they're not that they're not because there's something else that's governing them something else that's guiding them yeah so dnd is best best described as a collaborative storytelling exercise so you have the players each player has a character that they control and that their character can interact with the world the dm is the Air, the DM controls the rest of the world. So, if if there's something that comes up with your character, can you meet? Do you play around the other characters, or is there no mm-hmm. chance? Are they on one side of the planet and you're on the other side, and there's no way you're able to cross paths? Or do you practice? Do you practically? Do you practically live in the same town? So to speak. So typically, how D and D is played is that um, the all the players, all the player characters, are in a party together. They're in an uh, they're an adventuring party. So how they can vary depending on what story the players and the DM wants to um, it wants to present. Um, sometimes they're all they just meet by chance in a tavern or they are all hired by the same person to go accomplish a task but um typically all the players are working together to um defeat the evil or or um explore a dungeon and apparently from what because you see it on, I mentioned the Big Bang Theory earlier, mm-hmm. but you see it on all sorts of shows and you see it played. And apparently, and this is one of the good things that, it's one of the things that I really, that I haven't noticed to be the case with magic. But the thing mm-hmm. that I really noticed that I give Wizards of the Coast credit for is that they created a game. They seem to have created a game where that's that there's no restrictions on. And by, yeah. that, by that, I mean, if it happens in life, it happens in the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can do all sorts of crazy things in D anD D, and as long as the DM it wants to roll with it, then it happens. So there's, and that's 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 the great thing because you don't see it you don't see it in many games. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of games hint at it, and like I said before in previous episodes, I keep going. I keep coming back to the the greatest game that I've ever played in a long time. Yes, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. But where you find games like that will, that will only hint, and I blindly say it's, it's the coolest game, I, one of the coolest games I've ever played, and the first prominent game that I know of to prominently mm-hmm. feature lesbian characters. Mm-hmm. But throughout the 
throughout the game, it hints at it. It only doesn't... There are points where it directly references it and hints at things, but D&D doesn't hint at anything. Mm-hmm. If, as you said, if the, if, the D, if the DM is okay with it, then they roll with it. But D&D, yep. it seems like D&D is built on the premise that if it exists, like I said, if it exists in the world, it exists mm-hmm. in the game. Yes. So. Yeah, um, I will, I do want to shout out on the channel Dicebreaker. Um, it's a YouTube channel that uh, spe- that does a lot of stuff with tabletop uh, games, especially role-playing games. They have a three-part series on DMing for Dungeons and & Dragons. And it's uh, Johnny Chiarini, who is the DM for my favorite uh, D&D group, uh, Ox Venture. And... Uh, they're guiding uh, Luke Westaway, who's from the channel uh, Outside Ex- er, Outside Extra, um, through how to DM, and it, that goes into more if you want to write your own campaigns instead of going by the campaigns that um, Wizards of the Coast has written up. Um, it goes a lot into how to t- sort of set that up. They must have. They must have um, not, you know, staff for the store, although they work for them, so probably that would be staff. But they probably have writers. And I don't oh, mean yeah, like absolutely. I don't mean I don't mean people who just punch a clock and I mean like like John Lacar and okay. my one of my Crichton. Mm-hmm. Um, actual people who who writers who have written books. And yeah. put out novels and that work for them, and that mm-hmm. write or either that or either that or on a freelance basis write stuff for them, yeah. so that they can come up with these narrative plots that mm-hmm. have a history for them, a history, a storyline for them to follow or for the DMs yeah. to follow. Oh yeah. So what? What is it? So, so if it's done wirelessly, mm-hmm. what is? And you create, first of all, how do you get the character sheets? So how I personally like to do character sheets is there's a website called D&D Beyond. Um, You just sign up for D&D Beyond and unfortunately you have to, er, well, it has all of the, er, it has everything available from the like basic um, how to play Dungeons and Dragons, like, rule book and but unfortunately in order to get more options for um for character races and subclasses and stuff uh you do have to like purchase add-ons um but if you just want to fiddle around with the um character sheets and figure out how that kind of gets put together it's a great resource to guide you through that if you don't have character sheets and you don't want to seem like a total adult what everyone else does can you go somewhere to get a character sheet or can the dm send you one or can you go on to this website if the dm points you to a website can you go onto a website and download what the pdf file or something yeah, so Wizards of the Coast has both blank character sheets and, like, pre-mades that they have of just, like, 
characters that they have like put together full character sheets for um or like i said dnd beyond um you just it gives you the option to like pick your character's race pick your character's class and it if if the class is one of the spell casting classes you pick the spells and pick your um ability scores so for someone who's never gonna what's the what's the aura of D&D like and by that I mean you say pick your race so someone sees someone sees um, here's D&D and mm-hmm. they're gonna think and they hear pick your race they're gonna think they're gonna think one of three or one of three things humans mm-hmm. orcs or elves half orcs but yes all three of those are options and I'm betting most of the people who hear races and hear D&D are going to think Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is, there, there's a ton of overlap between D&D and Lord of the Rings. Um, D&D couldn't use hobbits exactly, but the halflings are basically D&D's version of hobbits. Yeah, because of Tolkien. Yep. Um, but they, but they, did they, did they have... Did they have elves before Tolkien's Lord of the Rings became popular? Or was, or was Tolkien the first one to have elves? Um, I, so D&D started, I want to say, late 70s or 80s. And of course, Lord of the Rings came out in the 30s, or at least The Hobbit did. Um, but didn't get like super popular until the movies, which was two thousands. The movies, Lord of the Rings, came out in the thirties. The original, the Hobbit. I know the Hobbit, the book, The Hobbit, came out in the thirties. Oh, you're ta- you're talking about Tolkien's books. Yes. Oh. And did you know? And information to everyone: Did you know the Hob? Did you know the Lord of the Rings was not the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit was not the first Middle Earth book. Uh, the Samar. Yeah, the Silmarillion. That's the word. I, yeah. It was something like that. No, there's. I was literally, literally on Friday. I was watching um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there's a line in there saying that, er, where Bucky says that he read. The Hobbit when it came out in the 30s. Uh, That's why that little fact popped into my head. So when you you said the DM dictates the character sheets. No. So the the character sheets are typically put together by the players. But there must be what it, so the character isn't the character sheet like a form where it has you you have to choose between these types of races, pick yeah. one, and then well, it, it has it has like doesn't it have like boxes or like blank spaces where you can write stuff in? Yeah, so that's actually all like Wizards of the Coast. Like that's one of the core things that Wizards of the Coast like put together for D&D is what needs to be on the character sheet. Can the D- can the DM play? They can. Um well it's 
any character controlled by the DM isn't a player character because it's the DM. The characters controlled by the DM are what's called NPCs. You asked me earlier what what I meant by NPCs. Yeah. That's that's what that is. Um, non NPC. I just thought of it. Non playable characters. Yes. Exactly. Non player character. And I just on a separate, not totally unrelated, separate note. I just figured out on. Thanks to you. I just figured out my favorite YouTuber's channel, Steven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just figured out when Steven says the the dev key or the mm-hmm. dev sent him a key. Mm-hmm. I figuring I just re- I just remember that he, the dev is short for developer. Yep. <laughs> and that's what he's saying. So mm-hmm. but anyway. So you there on the on the sheet there's blank spaces and things that say for this this is for this fill in this. Mm-hmm. Or so if you're if you're playing wirelessly and you don't have these character sheets or you don't have dice, mm-hmm. aren't you up a crick? Pretty much. Um, so everyone everyone who's playing or all the players need a character sheet. The character sheet is what tells you what to roll for if you're going to attack something or if you need to make an ability check. The character sheet is what tells you your modifiers for the checks or what you roll to do damage when you're doing an attack a modifier you let's say let's say mm-hmm. you need let's say because i'm just coming off the top of my head let's say you need a 12 and there's a modifier mm-hmm. so you don't actually roll a 12 yeah so let's say you're trying to do a um dexterity dexterity stealth check now your character is a or say your character is a um a tiefling uh, uh uh thief um rogue that's the word i was looking for tiefling rogue so there's your that would have a ton of um stealth and a ton of dexterity if the ability check is set at a 12 and you roll, say, an 11, your um, modifiers would easily bring that 11 roll up to at least, like, 15. So you never actually roll. So you never actually get credit for what you roll. No, your dice roll is the base of what you get. And then your modifiers can either bump those numbers up to make it easier for you, or it can even um, take your uh, your ability down. So you could you could roll you could roll a really sweet number, like you could roll again to use my own quote. You could roll a, a twelve, mm-hmm. get that modifier. You could roll a, a, a twelve and go sweet. A high roll. Oh crud. I got a I got a fifteen modifier. So no your, and that so your takes modifiers you down. are going to be either plus or minus uh zero to four typically. So let's okay, I'm gonna use an example from Ox Venture of a character that has both positive and negative modifiers. Uh, one of the characters in Oxventure is Egbert. He's a dragonborn paladin, so lizard man. He has plus four strength. So if 
he has to push something and um the dm decides that it the he has to beat a 15 to push it he rolls a 12 but he has plus four so 12 13 14 15 16 16 takes it over the 15 mark he gets it now let's say he has to do a wisdom perception check his perception modifier is a negative one so again say it's 15 he rolls a 15 cool i got it wait no my wisdom is negative one he actually er, that 15 roll is actually a 14. so the rolls the rolls don't count until you have a modifier the the modifier makes the rolls either easier or harder typically easier but in some cases harder how many how many different types i mentioned earlier that there are different versions of dnd like mm-hmm. like there, there's a marvel version there's a i believe there's a dc version there's all sorts of things and and you said that that was not necessarily dnd it was some versions mm-hmm. or some knockoff versions of dnd I wouldn't say knockoff versions of D&D. Um, tabletop role-playing games are a genre of um, games, and there's a lot of different ones. Um, uh, off the top of my head, there's also things like Blades in the Dark or Vampire the Masquerade. or And then I know that Marvel has one. Um, and then there's like a Sentinels of the Multiverse uh, RPG, but... Oh, and also Pathfinder. Pathfinder is another one that's very similar to D&D. They all have, like, different variations on the rules. Um, D&D is very much based on rolling a D20, whereas I think Pathfinder, you use the different dice more often. Are a lot of the dice interchangeable? Let's say you let, let's say you get dice for D and D. Can you mm-hmm. use them for these other t- for these other tabletop games instead of having to go out and buying six other different packs? Oh yeah. Um. So the only thing to note with the dice is just how many sides it has. Um. But pretty much all tabletop games use some variation of the same dice: the D twenty, D ten, D twelve. Uh, six, four, a hundred. You know, on a side note, an interesting side note, all these dice, you know, one other place, actually not one other place, several other places across this world, but several other places in big, big buildings with a lot of ringing noises that that dice are very common, even mm-hmm. more common than D&D tables. Hmm. Casinos. Yeah. So, I mean... I know there's Although only... casinos pretty much only use D6s, but... Yeah. Well, if you're using two dice, it's D12. But, anyway. <laughs> I mean, different... there is there is a dice called a D12, and it's... Right, well, you just said there's a dice called... There's a dice up to a D20, so... Yep. But what if... Here's an interesting thought. If <laughs> they use dice in craps mm-hmm. and other casino games... How long is it going to be before you can you can roll up into a high roller room somewhere and play and play D and D at a casino in Vegas? Um. So, which uh, Blades in the Dark, one of the games that I mentioned earlier, 
actually only uses D6s. So you hmm. don't need all of the like D20s, 12s, 8s. You just need the D6s, which most people regard as a normal dice. Right. Huh. How do you so the characters that you that you create and the characters that you mm-hmm. determine are they you said the the character sheets are at the well at the whim of the players but they're sort of not really at the whim of the players because yeah, if there's everything on the sheet is dictated mm-hmm. by wizards of the coast like what you have to do to fill yeah, in this so there's, space there's like um why don't i guide you through a basically how to build a character um me first log into my D Beyond account because it logged me out. Oh, uh, see, there's if you can if you can create a character basically at the player's whim, then there's got to be something on the sheets that guide the players as to what like like questions like a questionnaire so to speak. Yeah, this is a question. Yes. Answer it, and that will determine whatever. Yeah, that's basically how it works. Um, so, I've almost got the... Uh, God bless the internet. We're waiting for... Wait, we have to wait for the thing to come up. Um, there we go. Just, okay. So, the first step... Your first steps are to pick your race and um, your class. So depending on your race, you'll get automatic um, buffs to certain um, skills. Like a uh, halfling, let's say lightfoot halfling, will automatically get plus two dexterity and they get the abilities lucky, brave, and halfling nimbleness, which um, those just give you certain abilities during a game. Like, Lucky allows you to re-roll if you roll a natural one. Which, natural one, is tends to be very bad. What was... I wonder when D&D was created, were humans the first race? Pro, er, I, I want to say it was, like, humans, elves, and dwarves. Okay. Wait, I'm coming... Gimli from Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Gimli was the dwarf. Oh, no. Or wait. No, no. I'm getting my Lord of the Rings characters mixed up. Galadriel was an elf. Elrond. Yes. Elrond was the elf because Elrond was Hugo Weaving. And Hugo Weaving was Mr. Smith in The Matrix. But anyway. Anyways. So, okay, now I want to look this up because now I said now that I, now that I've said Galadriel, I want to look it up and see if that was Liv Tyler. You know, mm-hmm. the, the daughter of Aerosmith, Stephen Tyler. But yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, um, your race will determine some of your like basic um, skills and abilities, uh, and then you choose a class which will determine basically what kind of character you're going to be. 
So there's spellcasters like the druids, which are very nature-based, or sorcerer, wizard, which are your classic spellcasters, or warlock, which is um, more of like a uh, dark, dark magic sort of leaning. Or you can be less magic and be a barbarian or a fighter or um or a rogue so of course rogues are sneaky and tend to um lean towards uh thieves or uh assassins things like that um barbarians are just they um go into a rage to that um superpowers or that um, makes them uh, stronger and more durable and then of course fighters your basic like pick a weapon you're good at that weapon it sounds like there's a lot to it more than just an average person can just wing, jump into and wing and pick up mm-hmm. it sounds like you have to go out and get books or you have to go to a to a, a game store somewhere and just get someone, which is why I talk to you a lot about it, mm-hmm. someone who's well versed on it to kind of coach to try and have their patience with you and coach you through every single step very slowly. So pretty much. Yeah, you de- it definitely is not something that you can just like jump right into. Typically, you need some sort of guide whether it's a book or a person or videos. Um, I do like to recommend either um, Stephen Plays uh, with his Game with the Runway guys um, or uh, Ox Venture. The first episode of Ox Venture is, um, er, has a lot of Johnny guiding the other four through how to play because Johnny's the only one that had played D&D before that first Ox Venture. Um, or even on the Runaway Guys channel, their um, Runaway Guys Coliseum uh, 2018, the first one that they did, um, has a D&D segment. And it's very wacky, but it still kind of shows you roughly how things work. Yeah, like I said, you can't just... You can't just jump into assuming. Well, first, you can't just jump into it and assume you're going to pick it up. And yeah. Second of all, you got to get someone who's patient with you and try and mm-hmm. talk you through each individual step. Yeah. So, I it got a lot of this got some more questions for for me, and I'm hoping for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Some some things that some things are all answered. So I wanted to thank you, Lisa, for jumping yeah. in and helping me and helping everyone else who's going to listen and wonder about it. <laughs> so. Thank you all, everyone, for listening. Mm-hmm. Stick around Thank for you. a little bit. Thank, thanks, y'all, everyone. Thank you all. Stick around for a little bit more on the end here. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast. Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out.
True magic is more than tricks. It's more than smoke and mirrors. It's happiness and the joy of entertainment and fun. It's about believing in something that's fantasy and just here to make you smile. That's what makes a person truly gifted. They just want to make you smile. And Vegas has one of those kind, gifted people. Do yourself a blessing you'll never forget. Visit Jen Kramer at the Westgate. See her show and follow her on Twitter at Jen Kramer Magic. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support. <laughs>